0: guys and girls and welcome to the round one review podcast for the extended bench. We are absolutely over the moon to be back and reviewing a round of fantasy footy. It was brilliant to be able to sit down and watch an entire round of games and sitting on the other side of the desk
1: joining me is my mate Matt as usual. How was your weekend buddy? It was awesome. It was great having... The fantasy footy back. It was great having the the nine games to watch. Um, So good. Even not being able to watch all of them, just being able to check your phone and seeing your scores ticking up over the course of the day was just. I tell you what, it's. There's a rush to it, isn't it? it? (laughs) It's not on. You really miss it. I I can't get over how good it is
0: to have it back. And. uh, the, uh, the girlfriend isn't too happy it's back, of course, because she was largely ignored this weekend. But um, yeah, that's the, only for another 22 rounds the, or so that'll the, happen.
1: The wife wasn't happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet she wasn't. Yeah. Right, so what we're going to do is, as we do every year, we're going to dive into every game of the round and talk about some of the guys that you should be looking at to trade in in salary cap some of the guys that might be on your waiver wire in redraft leagues and some guys to keep an eye out for in your keeper leagues, particularly yep. on the waiver wire and also who you should be looking to trade for. So we look at all the formats. When we're talking about draft leagues, we're always talking about ultimate footy. yep. And, uh, of course, in, in salary, salary cap, cap, we're AFL fantasy. We're old school to yep. the end. So we're going to dive right into the Colton and
1: Richmond game. Uh, I mean, the, the end was always sort of... Yeah, going to happen. Yeah, the outcome was pretty much assured, but this was the first game for a few years where I actually enjoyed the, and there the season was, opener.
0: There was a lot more competitiveness about Carlton, particularly in the second and third quarters, yeah, which I enjoyed. Yeah, they really,
1: like, the Richmond smashed them bookending, front and back, but the middle bit, Carlton were really, really competitive. There were some really good signs. Yeah. I really liked the look of their young guys. Yeah. Their young midfield brigade, a lot of good signs there. Yeah, um, I
0: 100% agree. So... The big one for me... I don't know about you... But the big one for me was Nick Newman... On Carlton's side of things... Oh yeah... He just... It was round one of the JLT again... Yeah... Yep... And he was absolutely everywhere... He was taking most of the kickouts... I mean... He just racked like, it up. He was just racking up plus sixes at Will as well. He took nine marks for the game, which I thought was terrific. Ended up on one hundred and fifteen, and
1: he hates handballing. Twenty-one <laughs> kicks to five handballs. He yeah. So plus sixes. He just get it kick. He get the handball receives. If you didn't start him in salary cap, he's the number one target for me this week. He is absolutely up there for me as well. So would you? For can... granted, if you don't have um like a Rocky or a Boak, they might be the priority, but um. If you do have those guys, Newman is the priority for me.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, now, what uh, what would you do, say, for example, in this situation? Now, I'm looking at... Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, no. I'm looking at getting rid of Witherden um, for yeah. Nick Newman.
1: Is that something that you would actually consider? i tell you what. Sometimes it scares me how much we think alike. I actually did that this afternoon just to see what it looked like. Did you really? Yeah. All
0: right. So... Uh, what not a, not a,
1: because of any... There's no uh, not there's no downside
0: to keeping Witherden. I think
1: Witherden will be top six defender end of the year, mm-hmm. but chasing the points and the value, for me, there was no one else in my back line I actually wanted to get rid of yet, because the cash cows and the mid prices aren't fattened enough, up enough to get rid of yet, and I didn't pick any that I necessarily want to get rid of immediately, because they failed, so... Yep. But it feels wrong to get rid of a primo that didn't really fail after one round.
0: But if there are a lot of teams that scored very, very well this week, I mean, their par seemed to be almost 2,100, 2,150, somewhere within that bracket, which is. Ridiculous for round one. That's nuts, yeah. I mean, there, there's been a lot of round ones in the past. I mean, even 2018. I think 1,800. It's, up, I mean, it's under 2,000 normally, basically. So, um, a lot of people got the captaincy choices right. We picked our rookies right this year. Um, yep. So, if you don't have a lot of things to fix up, I don't mind bringing in these guys who are going to make you a lot of cash, who are going yep. to score very well by the looks of things. Yeah. Are you at all worried about Nick Newman's JLT to score... Could he come out next week and get 50?
1: I don't think he'll get 50. I think that he obviously isn't going to go 115 every round, but I think he'll probably settle around the average of 85 to 88 yep. or so is where I'm thinking.
0: His break evens 59 going into this week, yeah. so you can't really lose. Um, and he's going to go keep going up in price for a little while, and if he keeps scoring well for you, if he keeps scoring solidly, I mean, hell there's a small chance he could end up being a top six defender if he keeps scoring the way he he, looked.
1: Yeah, yeah, he could definitely push it. Um, I think he'll definitely finish top ten defender, um, and he could definitely push the six. Mm.
0: Uh, Paddy Cripps, I mean, he did what most of us expected him to do. Mm
1: -hmm. Had a bit of a down game, which is sad, which is weird to say because he scored 101. I think from memory, though, he started well and slowed down as the game progressed, and I think that coincided with other guys stepping up and taking some of the load off him. Yep. Um... So, there's a couple of guys that we'll probably get to soon. Um, Don't
0: don't get fooled by Ed Kernow in a salary cap again this year. A lot of us got fooled, but in redraft leagues, that sort of
1: thing, he was very good. Particularly, no, no, no. Look at what his role was. He was playing as a lead-up forward. Mm -hmm. He's not their lead-up forward. No, he's He's, not. He's not going to do this every week. It was just circumstances because McGovern was a bit underdone. Um, Curnow... obviously hadn't played much, he didn't have touch, he was double grabbing and dropping everything. Mm-hmm. And McKay was playing predominantly deep, I think. Um he, he, he was, play, he, was he was playing out of the goal square basically. Yeah. So kerno ended up playing the lead up forward. That's not gonna happen every week. No, I wouldn't expect He's gonna to play to. as a pressure forward. It's not historically a good Fantasy scoring role. Mm.
0: Um, so our two rookies, Sammy Walsh and Will Setterfield, did more than enough to guarantee their spot. Absolutely. I mean, they, they were absolutely fantastic. Love them. Uh, our boy Zach Fisher, who we just love to death, he was yep. solid with a uh, with an eighty four. I think he's the got the capacity was, to improve on that. He
1: definitely does. He gave away four free kicks in that game. <laughs> oh, my God. So, goodness. that's 12 points straight up. He should have been on 96. It's so absolutely incredible. And he's one that I think you saw he started off well. He was quiet in the second, and then he stepped up in the second half. So, he's one of the guys that took a bit of the load off Crips later in the game.
0: So, uh, so he's definitely one to look... I mean, if if he's undervalued by his owner in a keeper league you need to chase Zach Fisher he is going to be a gun in the future uh, is there anyone else from Colton that you uh, you want to highlight there man? very quickly I
1: like the look of Dow now he didn't oh, score Dow. particularly well um, it wasn't anything to write home about but for those in a um, keeper league he showed some really good signs and he looked a lot more progressed than he did at this time last year he's only owned in 50% of ultimate footy leagues at the moment
0: if you are in a deeper keeper league and can afford to stash
1: him for another year He is a great pickup, because Paddy Dow is going to be a a real champ, I think. Love it. And the other one, the two actually, SPS, Sam Petrovsky-Seaton, seem to play predominantly across halfback. Um, So if you play in a league that does allow positional changes throughout the course of the year... Actually, I'm assuming he's only a centre. Is he a centre-forward He's a centre-forward, I think. All right, so it's not a this-year one, though, but if he continues that role... um, could be interesting for next year.
0: Defenders are really high value, though. If he picks
1: up defender status, that could be really important. Yeah. Um, and finally, the last one for me is Phillips. Um, Andrew Phillips, 83. Yeah, the Ruckman. I did not know he had that in him. It no. would be interesting <laughs> to see if Cruiser misses again, and it, it, worth a sneaky punt if you have Ruck issues. Well,
0: Cruiser was listed as a one- to two-week injury last week in the injury list, so there's a chance that he might play again this week, Phillips, but if Cruz is back the following week, that means he's only really got one week. So yeah. he's not. I was really looking at him as a downgrade option for some of the Ruck issues yeah, that we've been too. having after his it's good score. Not, yeah, but
1: it's not um, worth it. Thinking more as a plug and play in draft. Yeah, that's not too bad an option. If you're desperate this week, Andrew Phillips isn't the bad yeah. idea. So thinking primarily team, um leagues that do two Ruck. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, going to Richmond. Yeah. Now we we say it week in week out, Richmond we believe will not be a fantasy-friendly side this year. They haven't been a fantasy-friendly side for the past few years. Just their game style, the way they move the ball quickly, they tap it on, they kick off the ground... Uh, they just want to move it forward at all costs. Yeah. Uh, in saying that, they did have some solid scores this week. They did. They actually had a, quite a decent fantasy week. Tony, one in particular jumping out at you? Well, I mean, Nankervis was one of the few Ruckman to actually score over 100. I think there were only four this week. Yeah. Uh, you had Nankervis. Sinclair was up there. Um, the other two are escaping me for the moment. We'll come across those later in the podcast. But it was really hard for Ruckman to score this round. I don't know if it was the rule changes. I don't know if it was just a bad round. But I'm really hoping Toby Nankervis doesn't become the top rockman in the competition for a fantasy, because that would be sad. It'd be a little depressing, but he's always a very solid rock. Yeah, no, surely the Ara Gun Rocks are going to overtake him in the end, but he did look very good. He uh, he, it, albeit he was playing against only Phillips. We upped Phillips a moment ago, but Nankervis traditionally has never been the hardest to rock against. No... He's, he's not, he, no, he
1: doesn't tend to restrict yeah. his opponents.
0: Yeah, neither of these guys came up against Gorn or Grundy or Steph yeah. Martin, you know, those sorts of guys. Um, Kane Lambert, good redraft guy, but he does this. He'll bob up for a good score and then he'll get 70 the following week. It's how a lot of Richmond's players score. Like, I mean, Trent Cotchin was another one. He was extremely good in this game. He got scored 107 in the end. He was on track for a higher score than that, actually, but he, he slowed, slowed down. down a bit,
1: yeah. Uh, well, what I always say about Richmond is you can pretty much guarantee there's going to be two or three guys that are going to have a a pretty decent fantasy game every week, um, mm-hmm. and generally one or two of them will will break the ton. It just it rotates who it is every week, yeah. so there's just no consistency there in terms of who their fantasy guns are.
0: Good point. Um, the two that I want to talk about before we move on, uh, Dusty Martin, if he's in your salary cap team, you have to move. He's one of your priorities to move out. So. There was yeah. a lot of talk pre-season about the fact that he was underpriced. And given what he'd done in 2017, that's true. So, however, we saw in 2018, he looked not, not underdone, but just sort of underwhelming. Yep. He, he didn't seem to have the, uh, the effort on the park that he did in 2017. He wasn't hunting the ball. He wasn't chasing down tackles. And he was played up forward a lot. Mm. There was a chance that that could have changed with the rule you know changes this year. It doesn't look like it has. It looks like he's playing up forward still quite a bit. He's not chasing down tackles hard. A score of only 81 in the first round. He's not gone up in price like people would have hoped. If you can move him on to someone like Tommy Rockliffe, Dom Sheed, uh, Brad Crouch, if you missed some of these mid-prices, I would 100% be doing that this week. Uh,
1: yep, absolutely. Uh,
0: the, just the other one, Noah Bolter. Um Yeah, I'm just trying to find his break-even at the moment. I think Noah Bolter's break-even is something like 11. So he doesn't have a high break-even. The only thing that's counting against him is the fact that he's playing in a team where he'll probably now need to be pushed into the back line and played as a key defender with Rance going down. So there was that talk last week about
1: him being a very similar player to Rance. I think that was more athletically than anything else. Is that what it was? Okay, so I thought it was in terms of his key position ability. No, I think it was just his athletic ability. So he's currently 173k. His break-even is 22. So Mm -hmm. he's not... An immediate issue to move on, even though his score did leave quite a bit to be desired. Yeah, I, th- I think if he moves back into defence, that might actually help his scoring. If you maybe, and
0: if you've got some cash uh, and you have missed out on a, a forward, uh, you know, eligible rookie like a, a Matthew Parker or someone like that who yep. scored very well this week, I'd advise you to move Bolter on and bring someone like that in. This is the week for fixing up rookies,
1: fixing Absolutely, up mid prices. Yeah. Yep. Um, if you made a mistake on any of them, this is the week to do it. Yeah, so there's,
0: and there are some guys that I, to, I mean, I, I own Burgess in my forward line. I don't know what to do about him. We'll get to that a little bit we later. Will, yep. uh, was there anyone else from Richmond that you actually want to um, chat about? Like we say, they're not a fantasy friendly site. This week,
1: there's a couple that I want to see what they do next week before I talk about them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens <laughs> yeah, uh, if they well, come back. Well, what Richmond up. got next week? Collingwood? Yeah. Yeah, thought yeah, so. Thursday night.
0: All right. Speaking of Collingwood, they took on the Cats at in a ripper of a game. I mean, the Cats only just got away with this mm. one. Um, in terms of Collingwood scoring, they they weren't the fantasy friendly side that they have been this week in the uh, the past few years. There was only one player who scored over a hundred, which was Adam Trulaw. Yep. I mean, and that was just a spanking score, one hundred and twenty five. One of the top scorers for the round. He's definitely going to be a top eight mid at the
1: end of the year. Yeah, and if his handball to kick ratio can shift a little bit as well, 14 kicks to 20 handballs, that could push up even further. He's just going to continue going up. Um, he's, he's always in amongst
0: it with the goals as well. He, he normally yeah. scores one or two goals a game just on the run, and he could have scored a couple more as well. He just put a few out on the full. Yep. So that score can keep going up. Um in terms of some of these other players you know Pendlebury Beams Phillips we know that these guys in draft Mm, leagues are going to get better side bottom I'm not a big steel side bottom fan in fantasy Mm, no he falls very low for me Mm, uh, in fantasy drafts if I know that a lot of people take him around about round
1: three you don't like his consistency I don't
0: like his consistency you Mm. have the argument about Lockie Hunter you're not as big a fan of Lockie Hunter as I am because he plays on a wing yeah and as a wingman, it either has to be out near you, so it has mm. to be kicked out to you. It has to be on your wing. Yeah, you don't hunt the ball yourself like a lot of the inside midfielders. Um, steel side bottom is significantly worse at that than Lockie Hunter. Lockie he Hunter really is a better point. fantasy okay. player than steel side bottom for me. i never looked at it that way. But, um, mm. but yeah, I'm, I've never been big on him, uh, particularly in draft leagues. He will get better than that, though. Don't don't get me wrong. He'll, oh, still, yeah, he'll yeah. still average around about 100 this year. Yep. But I can't see him being that 105, 110 averaging guy that people think he will be. This
1: is another one where I want to reserve judgment for a week or two before I start making any calls. Mm -hmm. But I do have concerns about the number of mouths to feed in that midfield.
0: There are a lot. I mean, obviously we've got Jack Crisp, who's one of the higher rated defenders for fantasy. He only scored 70 um Jordan degoey, who people think could take a step up this year only got 54 you know there are a lot of mouths to feed in that unit
1: um, um having said that it might have just been a game where well actually having watched it it was a very high pressure game there was a lot of fumbling there was there it was difficult to get clean possession the coach
0: uh I heard an interview with Nathan Buckley this morning as well admitted that because they hadn't played preseason at night there was a significant difference in the uh, yeah, from playing yeah. at daytime to playing at night on a warm day yeah. in the with the dew. Yeah. So there was a lot of fumbling going on. Not easy to get plus sixes. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll see that clean up a little bit. We'll move on from Collingwood. Yeah. Uh, and go on to Geelong because they had some really good fantasy scores Wait, in there. Just before we do, oh, yep.
1: do you want to talk about Grundy at all or just write it yeah. off as one bad week?
0: I was actually going to talk about that when Max Gorn came into the conversation as well, oh, okay. but we may as well bring Gorn into it now. We'll do it now. So the question is do you offload these guys if you have them? or do you keep them and just assume that yes they will be the top 2 Ruckman at the end of the year. Now I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a couple of scenarios. Yep. Uh in the first scenario you own both. So yep. just like me, I own both Gorn and Grundy. I mm-hmm. spent up. Yep. What should we be doing in that situation? Now I'm tempted to hold both of them mm-hmm. because look, I've already I've already spent the cash. If you've got a massive issue in your team somewhere else. Yes, that so, is the that is the key factor. So if you if you have a lot of rookies, say for example, in your midfield and you've missed out on, say, a Tom Rockliffe, yep. you could quite easily downgrade Gorn to someone like a, a, a Tim English or you know, someone of that ilk, mm-hmm. um, get about two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars and upgrade one of your rookies to one of these mid prices, I mean, or maybe, you know, Andrew Brayshaw is someone that you like. Yeah. Um, you know, but Dom Sheet is another probably one. probably
1: the only scenario where I would say, yes, do it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still very high on the fact that they will be our top two rucks at the end of the year. Yeah. So the only reason I would consider moving them is if I needed the cash to upgrade somewhere else and I didn't have anything else to do in place of that. Mm-hmm and i was confident that they would drop in price and i could get them back at a cheaper price later on yeah but you are rolling the dice on that 100% that's the only only way i would get rid of them though
0: the uh the other question here is if you own just one of them mm-hmm. you definitely need to keep I, I don't think yeah. you should be trading out these guys to be honest because I, don't get me wrong their break evens are super high this week 155 for Grundy 150 but for Gorn that means Gaughan. nothing
1: if you're, not, if you're not trading them exactly. exactly keep them That's that means nothing exactly.
0: basically it just means that yes you could do a quick cash grab and get $100,000 or something like that for these guys before they bottom out mm-hmm. but they could very easily come
1: out this week and get one hundred yep. and thirty dollars each and both, come very close to their break even they're both champion players champion Players bounce back. They rarely have two bad games in a row yep. unless they're carrying something. Yeah,
0: so uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do both have another bad game next week. It'll be a different conversation because yep. there is a part of me that worries that teams have worked out that you need to have two or so Ruckman and basically one of them works as a tag on these champion runs because mm. that's what Scott Lysette did to Gorn as yep. well as the rest of the team really clattering into him. I yeah, it was very interesting. But for me, no, I'm not getting rid of either of these ones. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, unless you've got a massive issue in your team and that you, you need the cash for. Yes. Uh, all right, so moving on to Geelong. Uh,
1: Tim Kelly. Ooh, I think He I was like great. He was great. It, so if you have a... So I'm thinking of Dunkley here. Yeah, all right. A forward okay. that you are not happy with. Mm-hmm. For me, Kelly is probably one of the leading contenders someone to bring in, barring a Boak. Yeah, I was, I was about
0: him. to say, because uh, if I was to rank the the players to bring into the forward line this week, um, Boak would be the top, because yeah. he's still underpriced for what he can oh, do absolutely. in the midfield, yeah. and Tim Kelly would be second after that. Yeah. Um, I really liked his game. Uh, so, we'll, we'll get to Dunkley a little bit later,
1: yeah.
0: uh, but those are the guys that I would be targeting for someone as a upgrade, yeah, they they are going to be premiums at the end of the year, yeah. but for the moment they're still just above mid price. Yeah. Um. So Tim Kelly was absolutely fantastic. Paddy Dangerfield, he got over a hundred. Stop crying about it, everyone. I've heard yeah. people saying they're expecting 110, 120 every week. This was a great score. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if his price goes down by two thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. And
1: it's, take take into account the context of the game. He is the third highest scorer in that game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I actually heard people complaining about this score. It's Again, he's, insanity. he's a lock and load for the entire year. You don't move him unless he gets injured. So it kind of is beside the point because virtually everyone has him.
0: Yeah. Tom Stewart, great for draft leagues. He was really solid in this game. Uh, one of the few people who look composed in the back line. Uh, Joel Selwood, hopefully he can just keep up this sort of scoring because draft league God. owners will really appreciate yeah, it.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. This is Selwood. Yeah. He'll have an awesome <laughs> month and he'll have a crappy month.
0: It's what he does. <laughs> exactly. Um, bit of a down score from Sam Menegola with 70, oh, with 81, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Geelong's another one of those. Now that Tim Kelly's moving even more into the midfield, Duncan's still in there. Joel Selwood's still in there. You've got guys like. Um, uh, Tommy Atkins, Grind Myers even running through there. Gary Rowan I saw a little bit in the midfield. So they're all going through there. Some people are going to lose points. Yep, I'm worried that Menegola. Menegola might be one of them.
1: I was worried about this for him last year. I'm even more worried this year.
0: So we were worried about it last year. It didn't happen and he was still one of mm. the top two scorers in the forward line. Yep. We could be very, very wrong, but there's a there's, a, there's
1: even more talent to run through this year
0: if you started with Sam Menegola in a salary cap league you should be offloading him in my opinion um, mm, okay, for, so one of the, cool. for one of those guys like a boke yeah, like a bit if, of a cash grab yeah exactly a little teeny bit of a cash grab as well as bringing in someone who you think will do significantly better you don't think there's as much risk there yeah. Um, but
1: yeah I'm, I am worried about Menegola so he's a wait and see mm. for me yep. um, um, Constable and Clark Oh, were they were great weren't they yeah they were awesome yeah you, um, Constable, in particular, I think you have to have. Yep, He's not going to crank out 80s every week, but he's clearly got a spot in that best 22. <laughs> Which is so against
0: enough. everything we you had, said in the previous uh, I was all over Constable. Yeah. You hated the I idea. I stand very
1: much corrected. He was <laughs> awesome.
0: But don't worry, I got one even more wrong, so we'll get to that later.
1: Interestingly, Constable is currently only owned by 57% of Ultimate Footy Leagues. Now, I'm not saying for Redraft to go out and get no, him, but no. if you have a Keeper League and he's unowned... Just go have a bit of a look yeah, 100%. and grab him. Absolutely, you should be doing that. If um, he's unowned in a keeper and league, that's ridiculous. similar for Clark, who is even less owned, 43%. Wow. Jeez. So if it, he's unowned in your keeper league, grab him.
0: Oh, I've got to assume those are redraft leagues and the remaining 40% is keeper leagues.
1: Surely. I don't know so. what the split is. I um, think so. Is there anyone else that you want to talk about or should we move on to Melbourne? Um, Dalhouse's score surprised me, but... We'll see how he goes next week. Yeah, we talk I, I'm, about him. I'm not 100% sold on Dale House either. Um, all right, Melbourne. Uh,
0: geez, Christian Salem. Now, we know that he's talented. Can he actually
1: be a fantasy player?
0: Or are we just saying this is one good score and we're getting I'd a say little bit it's overwhelmed? one good
1: score in a game where they were pretty comprehensively beaten. Mm-hmm. So. The ball was in their defence a lot. They had to rebound it, and he is an elite kick out of defence. Yeah. so they always like getting it in his hands. He just he has these games every now and again. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't be looking to bring him in in salary cap leagues. I mean, in a redraft, you would have got him a fair way down the list, and you'd oh, yeah. be very happy with At that score. At this stage,
1: he's looking like a slider, and but we'll
0: see how he settles out. He's not going to be unowned in your draft leagues no. either. He's someone's going to have him
1: um, yeah. unless you're in a very shallow shallow league if you are then grab him because he is solid every week yeah
0: Uh, Angus Brayshaw All right, I want to quickly talk on this guy because there's so many people on Twitter talking about trading this guy up to like Canelio or Mm. changing him out for some of the mid prices don't get rid of Angus Brayshaw you you put him in for a reason and he scored 100 as well look the guy didn't have the best game in the world but it's a bloody 100 on your field A lot of these people might be pissed off that they put the captaincy
1: on him in salary cap leagues. I'll put my hand up. I did that. Yeah. Nothing nothing wrong with that. He was my midfield prima. I put captain on him um, and it cost me, well, compared to you, we were talking about this before we went on air. Yeah. The choice of player and captain cost me 120 points compared to you. Which was unlucky. But I'm going to back him in because there's a reason I selected him in my team.
0: He's going, he's an absolute gun. He is a premium. If you're trading Andrew Brayshaw to bring in, say, a Tom Rockcliffe or something like that this week, that's comes off as kind of desperate as that little grab after a really good score from him. You're there's chasing every, the score. There's every chance Brayshaw could come out and get 115 next week. Rockcliffe could get a 95, which is still okay, but yep. you'll be ruining the decision. I mean, yep. just... And
1: bear in mind, Melbourne need to bounce back. Yeah. I mean, it's only round two, so it's a bit... Jumping the gun a little bit, but they already need to bounce back. He's one of their prime movers. He'll be in the midfield. hmm the stage is set for him to have a good score next week. Yeah, I I just don't get the uh, the uproar about.
0: oh well, it's it's not an uproar. It's just I've seen people mentioning that. I think it's a poor decision in salary cap leagues. Yeah. Um, all right. So some of the other Melbourne players, there, it,
1: there was a fair drop off after that. Harms was solid. Um, yeah. look, you know, their, their midfield movers in general were pretty underwhelming yeah. Oliver only 73 Oliver was down I, If
0: Nathan Jones 78 Yeah, Clayton Oliver again I would be keeping him he's had one bad score if he does this again next week then you can look at offloading him but yeah. I don't think he's one of those players you need to quote unquote fix in your salary no, captain your,
1: your primos only move them if the role looks like if it looks like they've changed roles or they're, they're injured or they're injured don't move primos on just for a bad game mm-hmm. because there's a reason they're primos and you got them in the first place yeah
0: um, <laughs> Christian Petrarca oh, every year we, we, every year we think it's going to be the year it's never the year and it looks like it's going to continue to never be the year uh, Wait, look for pretty much the, the <laughs> was... Melbourne
1: team in general I'm taking all of these scores with a grain of salt because it was a poor game it's a poor game I mean, Jack Viney with 47 as well. Uh, Tom McDonald with 42. Yeah. When they play well, they play a high-possession ball game. Yeah. We already mentioned Gorn with 68. Yeah. Yeah. High-possession ball game. They share it around. They get a huge amount of inside 50s. I reckon that'll be back next week. Yeah. All right. I can get on board with
0: that. Uh, Just quickly before we move on, uh, Marty Hoare, only a 42. Look, I wouldn't be worrying about him. He is a rookie. He's going to be a heartbeat. We said that in the preseason podcasts.
1: He's your non-emergency Bench rookie
0: Exactly Um, And there were worse players Than him on the day as well So I I don't think He's going to lose his spot If he does Then you may need to look At changing him out To another defensive rookie Because you want Your rookies playing You can't Especially this early Yeah you can't carry people Uh, All right, so We'll move on to Port Uh,
1: Now Now first of all Aren't you glad You listened to my advice (laughs) And started Rocky Alright fine uh, fuck it, yeah, I am. I am.
0: I listen to your advice. I hate looking into your eyes and saying this because it's a really small room we're in right now, and it's making you choke on your water. You're that damn happy, but I listen. Hey, to I your don't advice. get many wins on this podcast. Yeah. Hey, you didn't listen to one of my pieces of advice, and it came back to bite you in the ass. So, uh, probably cogs and Sheed. Uh So, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll we'll come back to that later. Yep. But I listened to you, Tom Rockcliffe. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. He was a gun. It looks like. I mean, again, this is one game. Take it with a grain of salt, but it looks like Port are playing a more friendly game style. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. If Rockcliffe is playing in the centre and they are playing a high possession game, that I mean, he could easily go back. Maybe not.
1: Averaging yeah. twenty. Temper but... your expectations a bit. He's not going to go.
0: I'm that excited. I'm just knocking shit over yeah, in the room. That's that quite loud. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, temp your expectations. He's not going to go back to the necessarily go back to the the pig of old, who's averaging one twenty. But for a six hundred k player, I think he's six hundred and fifty k now. Yeah, he's perfect. He could be if he
0: can get his average to one hundred and five. He's keepable in your team until yeah. the end of the year. He's a yeah. he's a finals worthy player. If he goes from now on at an average of ninety five or so, he's still going to make you some money, it's, and you can trade him out for a premium. Your last
1: upgrades. It's uh, yeah, so
0: you it, need to get with it.
1: He's a win win yeah, at this stage. One hundred percent agreed. So is he the number one trade in target for teams that don't have him this week?
0: One hundred percent for
1: oh, I mean unless it's prob- you have a problem to fix somewhere else. And
0: it's pro- might even be a toss up for me between him and his teammate. Travis Boak yep. because Travis Boak has that forward status and he's cheaper, he is, is he really Boak, valuable. Is the yeah, they're, they're about the same price, but the forward status is huge. Yep. So, even though I agree that Travis Boak's ceiling isn't as big as Rockliffe's, I mean, he, mm-hmm. that guy has a huge ceiling, but there is a big chance that Travis Boak could average, you know, close to 100 as a forward, and that's yeah. massive. That makes him easily a top six forward. Yep, I agree. So we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there, but I am you know, trading heaven and earth to bring in Travis Boak this week.
1: Okay, so he's your target. Yeah,
0: but however, I already own Rockcliffe. If
1: you don't own Rockcliffe, you need to get him into your side yeah. somehow. I'd say if you don't own either of them, you go Rockcliffe and then Boak in order of importance.
0: Yeah. Uh, Justin Westoff was terrific for 120. I still don't think he's doing this every week. He we kicked five goals. Uh, yeah, he's not doing that every yeah, week. Yeah, I, I just can't see that happening regularly enough to make him a must-own in salary cap leagues. I mean, he's a great guy that you would have picked up at some stage in draft leagues. Uh, you know, Brad Ebert, do not bring Brad Ebert in. He was playing as a key forward. Port Adelaide are going to have some poor games in there as well. Yeah, No no way would I be touching Brad
1: Ebert. No. Interestingly, we have signs of life from Ryan Burton. Yeah, I know. I, and that, out of nowhere... Out of Absolutely literally out of nowhere. nowhere
0: because the JLT he was a shit
1: house. Like,
0: where did that come from? He's
1: um, only owned well, I'd say only. He's owned by eighty seven percent of Ultimate Footy l- leagues. Well if he there's thirteen percent of leagues where he's unowned. Put
0: your uh put your request in on the waiver wire this week, because if he can keep this up, that's huge for fantasy or for uh, draft leagues. yeah Um Willem Drew, Dursma, um Zach Butters less so, but all those guys were really, really solid in their yeah. debut games. I mean, Drew was outstanding, and he's a forward. Yep. Um, Dersma, I, I stand by the fact that I think he could be one of the top cash cows this year. Yeah, um, he looked good, and you know Butters is definitely worth holding on to as well. So mm. Connor Rosie was even really like very solid with a 69. So you know all the Port rookies. Yeah, very Again, good.
1: This is the counter to the Melbourne grain of salt. These guys had an amazing game. So take it with a grain of salt. Don't suck it in too, too much.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) And we mentioned earlier Scott Lysett's playing sort of a ruck tagging role. I was never big on him from a fantasy scoring point of view. And this sort of proves it a little bit to me. He Mm. did an amazing job on Gorn, but he only scored 44 in doing that. So I don't think he's going to be great for fantasy scoring, which means that in draft leagues, I would not be keen to... I mean, if, if you've drafted him you sort of have to hold on to him there's not going to be much I, on the I waivers I think it's
1: a little bit rich to be saying get rid of him after one week give him another week and see how he plays against um, someone that's not Max Gorn
0: okay so you think someone who someone he won't he, have to tag as someone part. he doesn't
1: have to tag yeah I get that that makes and sense and see what he can do when he's creating and
0: I do believe
1: that Port are playing
0: Colton this week Perfect target, which means that he'll be playing against Andrew Phillips most likely
1: perfect opportunity
0: yeah 100% anyone else you want to talk about from Port? Uh, no alright we'll move on to a bit of a surprise win here Adelaide defeating <coughs> Hawthorne I mean that yeah. was uh, sorry defeated by Hawthorne the Hawks were amazing down south in, uh, in Adelaide oh, they were very good I mean they I don't like talking up Alistair Clarkson, but he is an incredible coach. Like, he is amazing. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, some of the scores from an Adelaide point of view uh, Rory
1: Sloan was huge. Is he another one that you would target? Hard if you salary cap, yeah. I'm always very wary of Sloan because he can get (laughs) tagged out of games so, so easily, and he's the
0: number one target. You surely think that
1: Sloan gets targeted before Crouch or the Crouchers, yeah, absolutely. For me, he is the he's, and especially knowing that he can be tagged, Mm -hmm. he's the guy that you send your tagger to, yeah, and he generates so much for them. So, um, I'm not
0: overly as keen on Sloan as I am on Rockcliffe and, yeah. you know,
1: players like Sheed or players yeah. like... Uh, I think there's a lot more risk with Sloan. And if you yeah. started with him, then you're looking like a genius this round. Um, but I'm just... And there's a lot of value to be made there because mm-hmm. he had a pretty average year last year. But I'm wary of chasing those points at this stage. Yeah, I'm much more keen on Rockcliffe, like I say. Um,
0: uh, Matt Crouch was incredible. I mean, we said that he's a chance to sneak in and be a top eight midfielder this year. And this yeah. just sort of yeah. proves that, cements it. Uh, Brad Crouch was a, great for a, his mid price. He looked terrific. Perfect. This is one where I did listen to your advice. I did bring him in. You did. Last minute he sends me a text message <laughs> and just says, Ugh, I brought in Matt Crouch. Oh, Brad Crouch. Yeah, you, I'm you, glad I did. Yeah, you better be bloody happy with that now, mate. Uh, Rory Laird just sort of cemented the fact
1: that, yes, he's definitely one of the top so, two defenders. What I want to do week by week is the Adelaide Crow halfback roundup. Yep. So we had I like Laird, Miller and Brody Smith mm-hmm. for 103. 91 and 75, respectively. Not bad. I was not expecting Brody Smith to be the lowest score. No, I think
0: Brody Smith tricked us, and it pisses me right off. So, Brody Smith did not take anywhere near all of the kick ins. (laughs) I know. It was so annoying.
1: But. The important thing is all three appear to be able to survive in the same back line. Yes. And the, it, That's the key takeaway at this stage. Look, Brody
0: Smith was super underpriced. So, even that 73 this week, it's not going up. 75, sorry. He still went up and he's got a low break even continuing. So, yeah. And he's a massive chance to get a 90 or not, even a just an 85 plus this week, which yeah. would be terrific.
1: Give me a sec. I'll tell you what his break even is. Uh,
0: so, I mean, I, I don't think... Like, Brody Smith plays like that. Zach Williams, you should be rushing them out of your side, even though they had a
1: poorer start to the year.
0: Yeah,
1: break even of 57. Oh, he'll hit that. So, he'll hit
0: that. Yeah, he'll hit that. He'll keep going up. Even if he gets another 75 to 80, it'll just be a slow build at the start. And at some point, he's going to bust out a 95. Yeah. Um, All right, so Chase Jones, a bit of an underwhelming debut. Um, Because of the fact that they lost, there's a big chance that he might not make the next round's team. Yeah. Although, Richie Douglas being injured by the looks of it and also um, Dirty. Tommy D. Yeah, Tommy D. Oh, poor yeah, Tommy D. that's unfortunate. We, for we love him. him at this podcast. I, I think
1: Jones does keep his spot for this week at least.
0: Um, for me, it's just because of those injuries. They're already going to have to bring two players in. I don't think that if everything was all good, mm. I think
1: that he would probably be the first, maybe with Lockie Murphy, to lose his spot. Uh, I don't know. He was playing as a forward in a team that got soundly beaten. I mm. don't think you can really blame him for the result.
0: Yeah, but you can sort of, A lot of teams do use those first-year players as scapegoats. You can't yeah. blame him, but you can easily go, right, we're going to bring in some more experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyone else you want to talk about from the Crows there, Matt? Uh, no. Matt, we'll move on to Hawthorne. I mean, just some pretty solid scores here. Jaeger O'Meara was terrific. Sicily, again, we know he's going to be a top-six defender. No issue there. Uh, McAvoy was solid. Warple and Cousins are the ones I want to talk about. Warple was outstanding. If you do not own Warple in your forward line, you've only got really this week to bring him in before he starts to be too overpriced. I don't think he'll be a premium at the end of the year. He's not going to be averaging this. I wouldn't think so, no. But he was cheap enough at the start of the year where he'll continue making money. So if you don't bring him in this week and he pumps out another... or. And if, say, he pumps out only about an 80 next week, I think he's made most of the value that he will make.
1: Yeah, look, so his break-even is 51, Mm -hmm. um, and he's 500k. So, yeah, you're right. This is the week to get him, if you want him. What did he go up this week?
0: He went up by uh, 21k. So, I mean, I guess if... If he can push towards that 600k mark, you do have another, I guess, one-week safety net. But you, if you don't own him, you need to get him in quick. Yeah, agreed. He just looks too good. Um, and he's playing dead inside midfield. I mean, he just looks terrific. Um, all right, Cousins is the other one. He's another one playing a super fantasy-friendly role. Uh, and Pretty he's much super just exactly cheap.
1: what we said before, except he's
0: even cheaper at 300. Much cheaper. If you are looking for someone who, you, say, you can't, just scrounge up the cash to get to Rockleaf, to get to Sheet, something like that. James Cousins is definitely the one you should be targeting oh, to yeah. fix up maybe a poor rookie choice or a poor, yep. Uh, yep. poor Th- mid-pricer.
1: 300k, so he's he's within reaching range? Yeah, um, <laughs> reaching range. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and his um, break-even <laughs> is 15, so it's he's good. got a huge amount of cash still to make. Yeah, there, I, I don't think there's any issue with that. Um, so some of the other and players... Oh, interestingly with Cousins... Because he's been in the system for a couple of years, so he's got a more mature body. Mm. He's available in 35% of ultimate footy leagues. Shit, jump on James Cousins. If, if James Cousins is unowned
0: in your leagues, you need to pick him up. That's ridiculous. Um, I think he's going to be one of the top waiver wire pickups this week. I suspect so. Um, uh, unfortunately, Jack's... he's taken in all of our leagues. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can check. Yeah, and we're, we're... unfortunately, no one let him slip in our drafts. Um, Scrimshaw did again Heartbeat did enough to guarantee his spot for round two and I, I think he's going to play most of the year I mean if he misses yeah. games I think it'll be through rests so he will need to be rested at some
1: stage but he's yeah. going to be a, a quality cash cow who just slowly yeah. generate points on your He'll bench will be the slow burn and that's Fine, because you don't want all of your cash cows peaking at the same time. You actually want them staggered. Yeah,
0: you do. You want to make sure that you can trade them out at different times. You don't want to have this, you know, in round eight, freaking out because all of your guys have reached their break-evens. Yep. Um, So I think that's everyone I want to talk about from Hawthorne, uh, unless you've spotted anyone else. Mm, Nope, that's about it. Gee, Cousins did look really good, though. I he mean, actually...
1: Both Cousins and Warpool didn't just score well. They actually looked really good as footy players. Absolutely solid. All right,
0: so we'll move on to the uh, the absolute debacle that was West Coast versus Brisbane. I mean... Oh, we're doing that one first, are we? Yeah. Uh, well, wait. Who have I missed?
1: Um, Doggies Sydney.
0: Oh, I did miss the Doggies Sydney. Well, let's put off talking about West Coast and Brisbane <laughs> for a little while longer because that was an absolute horror show. Uh, so, uh, on the doggies side of the ledger, I mean, they, they were just terrific in general, to be honest. They were fantastic oh, against Sydney.
1: They looked like the uh, doggies of 2016. Yeah. Just uh, that pressure and the attack on the ball yeah. and the, the numbers around the ball, they looked... Really good. Yeah. Uh,
0: the Bont uh, was terrific in this game. I would, in salary caps, don't jump on him yet. Give some time. Make sure this is an actual thing. Yep. I have seen a few people looking at bringing him in this week. That is a risk right there. That is a big point I of think difference. I um there's better options at this stage. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Lockie Hunter uh, was, again, I mean, mm-hmm. he does this regularly. Uh, we were met, We were sort of bringing him down a little bit earlier by talking about him in his wing role, yep. but... That's he's still good. Is very good. Oh, for me, I I still think he should have been drafted in the top uh, somewhere between twenty and thirty in your draft leagues. That's how much I rate him, and he's a big chance to sneak into the top eight as well. He is a huge fantasy scorer if he can just put some a little bit more consistency together because <laughs> he was terrific last year. He did have a really good year. If he can just put a little bit more together, he'll be one of the top players in the comp. Yeah. Um, and Jack McRae had a down game. <coughs> it's why we suggested in the preseason not to necessarily start with him. You didn't need to pay... quite that much for a position in the midfield which there's a lot of high scorers anyway you can make up those points anyway drop a little bit and then bring him in later and I didn't think there was too much of a chance of him coming out and spanking his break even of like 135 in the first week so I think we can all wait a few weeks now for Jack McRae to slide and hell if Rockcliffe starts to fall off in a few weeks if Wines comes back and his role changes that might be the perfect sideways trade yeah absolutely Uh, Libba did enough as well as a mid-pricer so 87 is not setting the world on fire but it's enough for him to go up fairly in price yep. his
1: break even is pretty low I think it's somewhere around about the 50s I am just checking he's 416k and his break even is 39 oh that's even better so there's no worry
0: about him I mean even if he scores a 65 or something this week yep. that would be horrible to have on your field but at the same time he's still going up in price
1: yep. still going up in price and his role looked very fantasy friendly yep. he yep. was in that inside mid role mm-hmm. All right,
0: we got to talk Josh Dunkley we do, uh, yes. Now, do you give... All right, I want to bring up a comparison here, and this is one that a lot of teams might have. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Dunkley and Billings. There are a lot of teams out there mm. who would have started with both Dunkley and Billings. I'm one of them. And because yep. I'm one of the lucky few who don't have a lot of changes that I need to make, so I'm upgrading one of those, or sideways trading one of those, to Boke.
1: Who would you take out of the side Dunkley. first? Dunkley? Yep. So... Okay. I, so these are actually two of the games that I did manage to watch. All right. <clears throat> Dunkley seemed to spend a lot of time up forward. Mm-hmm. Um, he did play through the midfield a lot as well, but he did seem to spend a lot of time up forward. Yeah, Billings seemed to play primarily mid and racked up a ton of the ball. Mm-hmm. He just didn't really do a lot besides rack up the ball. Yeah, So there were not a lot of marks. There were not a lot of tackles. I think that will come with time though. Mm-hmm. Um But he got a lot of the ball when he was running the wings. Mm. Um, And for that reason alone, I think Dunkley is probably the one to move on, if you're dead set on moving one of them on. If you don't have to, I don't mind giving Dunkley another week just to see and reinforce what that role is. Um, Having said that, his break-even is quite high. I think it's 120-odd from memory. Mm. Um, So he's unlikely to make it, and he will drop in price. So it's a bit of a risk.
0: See, I am tempted to go with Billings myself. I'm worried about the Saints this week because they only just eked a victory against Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, Gold Coast looked very good on the weekend, but it is still Gold Coast. And the other big thing for me is the fact that they are playing Essendon this week, and Essendon are going to be pissed. Mm. And they're coming up against a team who has been poor over the last few years, I think that Essendon are going to stomp them into the ground. And I'm worried about what Billings will score this week because he is a bit of a... You know, he doesn't go in and get his own ball. He's an outside player. If Essendon beat St. Kilda around the contest this week, that could be a really poor score for Billings. So, I'm not 100% sure which one to go out of those two. But for me, I'm leaning towards Billings. You're leaning towards Dunkley out of the two. And Dunkley plays Hawks
1: this week. Mm. So, that's probably... It's it's an average matchup. No, there's, there's, there. yeah, yeah, there's
0: there's nothing too major about it. I mean, the fact that the Hawks don't have a lot of key midfielders at the moment might play in his favor, but again, I, we are worried about the forward um, ratio that he's playing. So we'll see. Yeah, but for me,
1: I'd be trading Billings out first. Fair enough. Yeah, agree um, to disagree. Yes, we do. Um, Sam Lloyd. Yeah, Sam Lloyd looked. He
0: good. looked really, really good. Yeah, I'm. I'm not bringing him in. I, small forwards aren't my thing.
1: Um, oh, so I'm not interested at all in salary cap. Yeah. In your drafts, he's available in 56 percent of leagues, and he's a centre forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked his role. He looked like he was playing primarily midfield <sighs> to me as a bit of a link up player.
0: Okay. Um, mm, interesting. I have to keep an eye on that one then. Um. The other one, just quickly before we move, I mean, we all knew that Toby McLean was going to be spending a lot of time forward with 72. If you bought him in in salary cap, you need to get rid of him quickly. Um, but Tim English was another one that a lot of people started with. He That was an average score at best. There's a solid chance that he might, at some point in the next few weeks, lose his spot to Trengrove. Yeah. Um,
1: but realistically, what are the better options?
0: Oh, that, then that's, that's the, the thing. issue. Yeah, so I would be... If you have Tim English, hold on to him for another couple of weeks. See what he can do. Because he might pump out a 100 and start to go up in price. Yep. He only went up by about $6,000 this week. He'll Hopefully, he pumps
1: out something good, goes up a little yep. bit, and you can trade up. Yeah, because that's the issue that I've got with um, Sean Darcy, who I started with. Yeah, it's He's, the exact same situation. Yeah. Like, I want to move him on. Who do I move him on to? Yeah.
0: You have to scrounge up a lot of money to bring him up to one of the top guys. I mean, if you can scrounge up a little bit less, you can get up to like a Goldstein or a Witts if you think that they're going to still score well. Do I want to do that? I don't know. Well, I suppose that you can use the... If you think that Tim English and Darcy are going to continue to score poorly, Mm. you can at least up them for now. Wits and Goldstein probably don't go up that much in price, but you can wait until, if you think one of Grundy or Gorn, Drops, fall, yeah. and maybe. then maybe they they might fall far enough that then you could pick them up as a sideways. Yeah, possibly. That's what I would probably be looking at if I were in your situation with a Darcy or an English. So, mm. um, if you're desperate to get those extra points on the field, upgrade them to like, someone like a Wits or a Goldstein, and then just hold on for a few weeks. Um, yeah. Alright, so we'll move, to to we'll move on to uh, Sydney. With uh, I mean, Jakey Lloyd, best yeah. defender in the game for fantasy. I mean, no question. Yep. Cal Sinclair again,
1: he continues to be solid, doesn't he? But he he's playing oh, against Tim English there. Monster English. Yeah. I'm not sure if I saw English win a single hit out mm. against him.
0: And we were totally tricked in the preseason, thinking that Alir Alir might play a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of rock time, and and yeah. Sinclair might play up forward more to to make up. But no, Franklin came in for his first game, no issue there. Uh, I mean, he wasn't particularly great uh, Lance Franklin but no. that doesn't matter he'll build into the season yep. the main thing is Sinclair was playing as full time Ruckman and he dominated with 44 hit outs smashed it so he's not going to do that every week though because he's not going to be coming
1: up against a rookie no um, Papa Papley Papa Papley one of our boys looks looked good looked to be playing a lot of midfield looks good I really liked what I saw of him mmm He's only owned in 75% of Ultimate oh, footy pick leagues. him up. If you, oh, so a, a quarter, quarter of leagues doing. out there, he's free. What are you doing? Jump on. Get on Papa Papley. Unless
0: you're playing in like a four mid, three forward, some retarded league. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely worth owning Papa Papley. Yep. Uh, all right, Heaney was a little bit down. He'll get better than that. Don't jump off of him just yet. Um, I, I would think that he can score better. I'd be much more... Interested in keeping Heaney than like a Billings or a Dunkley at the mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. I'd rate him higher than those guys. He uh, yeah, had probably not too many other standouts, however. Ryan Clark, my boy. we got to uh, talk about Clark. Oh,
1: Your breakout candidate of the year. It hurts. Hey, having said that, mine's no better, but. It hurts, mate. But you double down on him. You had him last year, he failed you. And round one, Jesus he's Christ. done nothing to help you.
0: Oh my God!
1: I mean, I want him to be good, and I think he's going to be good. But there is a well, large part of me that's quite pleased he, he stuck so it up. He was so
0: good at the pre- Oh, that's just what, what's the, there's some German word out there which means just taking pleasure from other people's pain <laughs> I'm and feeling. They it right have now. a word for it, and that is everything about your smug face right now. Oh my God! Um, yeah, so what went wrong? I have absolutely no idea. I didn't get a chance to watch most of this game. Um, he was virtually
1: unsighted. Yeah, I, I, I actually forgot no he was idea. playing for large portions.
0: Well, then again, a lot of Sydney's team was virtually unsighted. Like Florent was really poor, Blakey mm. was poor, Mel- I mean Melakin's a key defender, that's not fair, but um, you know, Mills was under
1: you this know, guy Dawson who was getting a bit of preseason hype. Yeah. Also didn't do an awful poor. lot. Poor.
0: Um I I just think that a lot of people or a lot of players uh, for Sydney just sort of faded into the background. Ryan Clark was one of them. I hope that he keeps his spot in the
1: team, but he might be a casualty. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens for them with selection and what happens next week, whether this is just a once-off or not. We'll have to see. You'd think they'll bounce back next week, but I know Brody, when he was on the podcast in the preseason, had some concerns about how they're going to do this year, and I tend to second those sentiments oh
0: I agree 100% alright so we'll move on to the next game uh, which was Brisbane and West Coast again it was an absolute debacle if you're a West Coast fan uh, from a fantasy point of view just looking at some of the scores uh, Brisbane Daniel Rich was the highest scorer and who called that? I think I called that in the preseason i must recall dra- that I drafted him in basically every single league that I'm in or that I could obviously keep a lot of keeper leagues he was owned Um, But, yeah, so picked him up. I think that the rule changes are going to continue to help him. He's not going to get 101 every week, but if he can average you 85 or so, he is more than startable as a D3 or so in your draft leagues.
1: And available in 12% of leagues. Yeah,
0: so Daniel Rich looks like an absolute gun with these new rules because he's going to be taking a ton of kickouts. Um, Jared Lyons looked solid Zorko a man of mystery yeah a man of mystery it's himself <laughs> your team is still named after the, him isn't he even yeah, though yeah. you don't do you own I'm him I'm still on him Yeah. alright that's alright then um, alright so Dane Zorko solid but not great and that was the same with a lot of these Brisbane players so McCluggage was in the 90s Neil was underwhelming in the 90s Barry was solid oh, yeah. for his 90s. Um I mean Witherden we've already spoken about a little bit so we won't go too much into him yeah. but
1: happy he, to keep him also happy to trade him. Yeah, no issue there. Even though he's a primo, hmm. I'd still... Yeah, I still feel that he's the one you probably could um, look to move on this Ag- week agree. if you want.
0: Yeah, Lincoln McCarthy, I would... N- if you own him as a mid-pricer in the forward line, I'd be looking to get rid of him soonish because yeah, so he I,
1: needed four goals to get to his 67. I did check him. He is uh, he was started by 6.4% of um, AFL salary mm-hmm. cap teams. Um and, yeah, didn't do an awful lot. No, no, just didn't really
0: seem up to it. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. He was terrific in the game. He was absolutely fantastic. But it looks like his role isn't he's conducive small to forward. fantasy footy. He's a small forward. Yeah, he's got, so he's going to be flashy. He's like a Rioli type, you yeah. know. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Steph Martin, really <laughs> underwhelming. But he was good in the game, however. So, um, you know, he looked good around the ball. It was just... he couldn't get a good fantasy score on the night and again it was dewy it was hard to mark the ball so yep. these tall types aren't going to do particularly well
1: uh, should we move on to west coast there's one more guy I want to ask you about yeah Reese Matheson beast mode scored yeah. an 80 yeah. he's a centre forward in ultimate footy yeah. only owned by 57% of leagues any interest at all not really <laughs> not re- he's look he's one of the first ones out for me
0: of that midfield rotation um, I'd need to see this for a few weeks, and probably by I'm probably by then he'll be taken in a lot of draft leagues if he's yeah. still doing it. I I wouldn't be jumping on him unless I was desperate for someone in the forward line. That that's what that's all I'll
1: say. Yeah, no, that's cool. I tend to agree. I just wanted to see what you did. Just, just run it by me. Yeah.
0: All right, so uh, we'll move on to West Coast, and this again was pretty shambolic for the most part, except for Dominic Bloody Sheed. Um. Uh, <laughs> Sure, You could come up with a better. No, I'm not coming up with a nickname. I'm not. I mean, shout out to the guys over at uh, Draft Doctors who we uh, took part in a lot of drafts with in the off season. They're absolutely fantastic with the the old Sheet Island hashtag, Sheet Island. and um, yep. uh, I think they've got a Dom off going on between Dom Sheed and <laughs> Dom I'm Tyson, that which is absolutely brilliant. So, I'm uh, keep, it. keep it up, lads. But yeah, Dom Sheed was fantastic. 133, just carried on the JLT and the final scoring that he had been. Yep he's cheap enough still that he's still priced in the 500,000s. You should be bringing him into your squad if you yeah. can this week. So like,
1: I'd be looking at him over Bont. Over, how over so Bont, so how 100%. Talking about yes, people yeah. talking, people looking at Bont as mm-hmm. an upgrade target, I'd be looking at Sheed at this stage because he did this in a losing team. Yes. Which is... Away
0: r- from home. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's big. And if, there was a lot of worry in past years, particularly last year, that he might not have his spot. But it's clear at the moment that he is one of the better midfielders in that outfit. So yep. it looks almost like someone like Redden would get pushed out now. And considering what he did last year, like that Redden would get pushed out ahead of Sheet if that were to happen. Um, I, I don't think that would occur because obviously there were a lot of rookies playing on that night and there's still Chris Maston playing in the team and... Uh, <laughs> spoken like a true <laughs> West Coast fan Alrighty, shall we move off Sheed? Yeah, we'll move off Sheed um, I mean, all the rest of the guys I mean, It was average scoring They're mm. pro- Most of these guys are going to get better You know, Shuey, Yo, Redden Those guys can score much better yeah. um, I If you jumped on some of the rookies Like Petricelli, 46 isn't a bad score And he'll
1: probably get a game for the next couple of weeks Yeah, I wanted to talk about the forward rookies You've got Petricelli, Oscar Allen um, Jared Brander uh, I think that was all three of them, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure yeah. that's all three of them. Yeah, This is what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. They're not in roles and they're not players that are going to score well. Oh, so yeah. if you've started them as rookies, I've got nothing against it. Just be prepared. This is what you're going to be getting from them.
0: And I think probably uh, in order of job security, Oscar Allen has the highest. Yep. but He was also the most probably expensive, I think, of those three. Uh, then Petricelli behind that and Brand are last. So mm-hmm. yep. uh, Petrocelli probably... Has like I said has a game for the next couple of rounds
1: I think Petrocelli's safe is because he's basically playing in Cripps and Lacroix's role yep um, the other guys are a bit more risky because they're playing in uh, Josh, Josh Kennedy's, Kennedy's, Kennedy's role and he's getting closer to coming back exactly so well Kennedy's back this week the coach has basically said that he he'll is. be back so I
0: imagine that Brand will probably lose his spot going to be a good player in the future but not at the moment Um, All right. so what we're going to do there guys is we're going to split the podcast in two because I mean it's round one we're excited and we're we're wanting to go through as many players as we possibly can so we'll break this up we'll be back uh, in part two with the remaining three games of the round from Sunday's matches and we're also going to be taking you through your questions from Twitter so make sure to download part two of the podcast and join us then